Greetings, everyone. Uh, you are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane at 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Art Hour, and I'm one of your hosts, Mike Malson. And I'm your other host, Eric Woodard. So, Eric, you know, as we were just talking previously, Lance is a Spokane boy, U High grad. Um, I went to school with my sons, but recently, well, not recently, maybe we're going to get more into this, but Lance moved down to L.A. and is trying to make it as an actor, doing commercials, comedian. I know he's doing a whole boatload full of paintings lately, and we're going to find out what else he's doing down there because I'm really curious as to how he's going. So, welcome, Lance. It's good to be here. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, Mike didn't mention your last name. Is it pronounced pollen? Pollen, yeah. Oh, okay. Like the allergy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lance, so um, kind of just give us a little brief uh, synopsis of kind of once you graduated from high school, how you ended up in L.A. doing what you're doing. Oh, okay. Uh, just a series of bad choices. <laughs> I, um, let's see, so I, I, well, when I was going to high school at U, at U High, I, um, I was also taking drama classes because I thought they'd be super easy and I know we wouldn't have homework. And I ended up falling in love with improv through uh, the drama program because the drama teacher was a, was a big improv, like big improv, uh, she was in the improv world. And um, so then she got me a part of, the Blue Door Theater, which is an improv theater up, it was like over in the Garland District. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's still there or not. But then I got into improv, and then from improv, there was a guy, it was Philip. Oh. Um, Philip, uh, or no, excuse me, it was Caleb Strine was his name. But I also met Philip through improv as well. But uh, Caleb Strine had told me how he had done stand-up comedy. And then I got into stand-up comedy through through the improv thing. And then I was doing that around like 18, 19 um, and then uh, I was working at Nordstrom, and I was uh, I was helping this guy out, helping him buy clothes, and I was just joking around, not taking it seriously. And then he ended up uh, calling back the next day at Nordstrom to say that he had an audition that he wanted me to go to um, for it was I think it was for like at, it was like an old power company I can't remember it in Spokane. So that's kind of how I got into acting. Um, and then his name is Michael Pickering. He, he works at Comrade Studios up in Spokane. Um, Michael and then Chris White. I don't know if you know Chris White, mm-hmm. but he, he also was around Michael Pickering. So I was hanging out with those dudes and I had ended up doing a couple other uh, like small regional spots, I think, with Hamilton Studios. And uh, those guys basically told me that I had to move to L.A. if I wanted to become anything like I or otherwise it was just not going to have like a very um it wouldn't my career wouldn't be as great as I would want it to be now at that point Um, was a career something that you wanted in acting or did they that just kind of fall into your lap and you said well I might as well pursue it I I always liked doing comedy and then but once I started doing it I was like oh okay this is fun like I would like to just do this because this is fun I would love to just get paid to do this so that then started to formulate into, oh, yeah, this is a career path because I didn't, didn't have any other career paths going. So I just kind of <laughs> pursued it because it was comfortable, um, but also uncomfortable, but, but comfortable, you know. So how old were you when you moved down to L.A.? 
I was 24. It was, uh, it was in two, June of 2011. So I moved down there in 24. So I kind of like did a lot of comedy in Spokane and stuff before moving. Um, and then I had a lot of things kind of break away that were, um, you know, reasons why I was wanting to stay in Spokane. And then, uh, so then I just, a couple days, packed up my stuff in a suitcase and, and shot down here. And then just had had real hard times. For, <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that. I'm curious because people think they're going to, they need to go to New York or they need to go to LA to, to make it big or to at least make mm-hmm. a career in, in a field like comedy type of a thing. So, I mean, that, that had to be a little bit of a struggle. I mean, what was going through your head and what it was like the first six months of going down just, there? Just like not wanting to die um, <laughs> is what it felt like. It was, um, it was super, super rough because I grew up in Spokane, uh, you know, for 24 years. So I knew nothing but what Spokane was. And then you throw me in like the biggest melting pot in the, like on the West side of this country. I was, uh, I was overwhelmed with everything. It was like amplified. I was, I think I lost 20 pounds within the first like couple months of being there from stress and from not knowing what or how to do anything. I mean, and did you have to pick up a, what kind of job? What was your first job just to pay bills while you're down there? Um, the first the first <laughs> thing that hired me was a, a valet company over in Beverly Hills. I worked at the Beverly Hills Hotel for a shift. Um, I, I I was the valet guy, but I was like at the low end of the totem pole. So basically, the, the the cool valet guys in the fun suits would get the cars and then drive them down to the garage and then toss them out to us. And I had to figure out how to drive these fancy cars that like had buttons. And I so I was just too. I was like, I can't do this. I can't. And then it was just been working in like restaurants, basically restaurants and like coffee shops. And you, while you're doing the restaurant coffee shop thing, or maybe even the valet thing. Uh, any kind of like funny stories? Did you run into any celebrities or, you know, what I, was that all like? I've definitely seen seen several, obviously, down here. But I remember the first one I saw, I was, I was at a coffee shop writing and I had just left and I was like, had my notebook in my hand. I looked up and it was Ryan Gosling walking right toward me, like across the, the crosswalk. And it was like everything turned slow motion, like the light hit him just right. And I was like, God, yeah, he's just as beautiful in real life as they make him in the movies. It's crazy. Ryan Gosling. It was super. But yeah, so it's pretty funny. Then living in a house with a bunch of dudes is gross. And we did that with bugs and stuff. Air mattress. I think I slept on an air mattress for three, the first two, two years, air mattress. So what was your first job that that was exciting to you? You said, this is what I came down to do. Um, I had booked this commercial for Smart Car. Um, It was the first first gig I got. I had basically, um, it was a really, well, I booked a really small job that uh, got me an agent. And then that agent sent me out for this spot. And um, I ended up booking that. And it was uh, it was a really big ad that played over in Europe. It played all over Europe. Um, but it connected me with the director who, who then like, then the director would, would be bringing me in every time he'd be in town in LA shooting something. And then that kind of, uh, I was super excited to be like, nothing felt more comfortable to be on set. Um, 
it just was like, oh, yeah, this is this was what feels right. But, you know, those opportunities don't always come. But uh, it is good when you're there. <laughs> well, as you were talking about that, I've been thinking about that because I have two children. And one of the things that I try to tell them is sometimes the best way to get a job or anything that you want is just to know the right people. It's not to be the best. Mm-hmm. Is that what you found once you got down there, that the networking yeah. was probably the most important part? It really is. Like, it's it's crazy how it's the only thing it's like how you get anywhere it seems like is through the networking which is funny because i uh i get super nervous and shy like in those networking situations and like i'm not good at it because like uh but 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 yeah it's all about who you know and like helping people out and then those people you know like needing help or you know and like uh asking for stuff is always you know, people are afraid to ask for stuff, but if you ask, you'd be surprised. People are like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, you know? So, um, you know, I just, I've, I've asked around for agents and that's led to me getting great rep now. So it's like, uh, it's been, yeah, it's all about the networking, yeah. which so is after also the, exhausting. So after the smart car, what, what sort of jobs did you get? Um, it was a lot of smaller, um, non-funny commercials for a while. Um, <laughs> Where they're ones you just hope get buried in the YouTube search engines. I I did a I did this. It was a funny. It was a fun job. Uh, the director was a was a, a pal who who's now a very good friend. It was a it was for a penis pill, um, like erection commercial, and they they played that thing all over. And it was like, I remember my buddy hit me up. He was in Vegas for the weekend and he sent me a video. I was like on 30 TV screens, but it's the most, I'm just at the time. I'm like, oh, that's weird. But I'm like, now I'm just like, God, is that thing, get that thing out of here. So it was a series of those. And then I was getting a little bit more of a reputation for doing comedy. Not terribly. I wouldn't say well, but not terribly. And then, um, then it, now I kind of exclusively am just going out for funny spots, which is like a cool spot to, to be in because now it's like, oh, we'll see, we'll see how, how good this ad can be. You know? So is that mostly what you do now is commercials? Yeah, I just, I, I'm, um, I have a theatrical agent and stuff, but it's so, so um, we signed and then COVID hit. So just kind of waiting on this pandemic to just roll through. And but yeah, my my market right now has been pretty pretty dominant in like the commercial world. And um, how about the writing? What sort of writing have you been doing? Um, I've definitely written. I do a lot of sketch comedy um, with with my fiance. We we write sketches and shoot sketches with like a little crew that we've built. Um, and so we do a lot of writing for, for a lot of sketch comedy stuff. And then we've also you know written a pilot uh, for like a half hour. Uh, comedy show uh that, that's ready to be pitched but um can you give us for... the pitch it's it's uh <laughs> it's so old yeah so we wrote this years ago but it's it's essentially it's 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 how two pe- two homeless youths uh living out of their car falling in love and then going through the notions of now the new struggle of struggling together in a place that is not your car and is your home and you're also learning how to be together uh, you know, there's bees involved. There's bee stings in the episode. It, it gets really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, 
to do, I mean, how many people um, start, you know, down in the, in the community of comedians, let's just say, the, the venues that you had started doing your shows and all that. I mean, was there any one particular show or moment that kind of, you just said, you're not doing the good spots. Like, was there any particular moment that was a turning point for you uh, that said, you know, people are kind of taking notice of your talent as a comedian at that point? Yeah, you know, it never happened with my stand-up. Probably, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I think, like, it's the punchlines. You got to have them, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's Jokes what I've heard. funny if, <laughs> if there's no funny part at the end. I, I, I realized I've, uh, a turning point has been with the commercials, for sure, because I've, uh, I think I've shot, like, like, 20 national commercials or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what's been giving me a little bit more uh, recognition in the comedy world is from me being on TV through doing funny spots and then um, that. But it's it's funny, like, I, I had, like, I, you know, you build, like, you get invested in the stand-up community and everything, so then you, like, know everybody, but I, I also, I don't feel like... I, I definitely didn't notice the turning point until I started to be on television. And I think that just, uh, you know, that's when it kind of changed. So you got started because you loved improv and, and uh, stand-up. Do you still do any of that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do stand-up. I just, uh, I, since COVID, I, everything's been shut down. Right. But uh, but yeah, still I'm still doing stand-up. And uh, I'm actually, uh, I do a little improv. I don't do a lot, but I'm going to get back into like UCB down here. And uh, and start stretching my legs with that too because I miss it a lot. It's so fun to just be free uh, on stage, you know. Yeah. Well, I read a little about you. I found an article that you were in in the Inlander in 2011, and it sounded like you um, kind of. Um, I mean, the way it was portrayed, they didn't give a lot of jokes, but it sounded like um, you 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 uh, played on the the juxtaposition of kind of a timid persona who said shocking things is mm-hmm. that is that still what you're doing or is or is it a little different now i think it's uh developed a little bit more um <laughs> i'm still i think i'm t- a little timid by nature um so there's a little bit of that but i've i've gone to not i used to do a lot of self-deprecating jokes and i tried to do like i said like stuff that would maybe be shocking and that wasn't true to my authentic self so I had a big shift down here where I just was like trying to be myself on stage more than have this persona. Um, I maybe like heighten some of my qualities while I'm on stage, but um, yeah, I'm trying to just be more positive, not so negative. You know, so much there's so much negative self-deprecating comedy out there that it's kind of played out in my opinion. I kind of rather see like make me laugh and make me feel good at the same time. So last, do you have a kind of some of the local comedians down there that you look at and maybe get inspired by or borrow stuff from? Or is there a, you know, a, a, a well-known comedian that you uh, find yourself studying their material or being inspired by? I mean, I definitely, uh, it's a combination of both because I, it's like I'm, the people in my stand-up comedy circle are also the people who are having the specials and doing the Conan stuff that's inspiring me as well. But, I mean, I've definitely always been inspired by Dan Cummins, who was from Spokane and now in Coeur d'Alene. So anytime I see any bits of his, it makes me want to be like, man, I want to be like 
him. He's so, he's the best in my opinion. Um, but then, yeah, I watch a lot of like the new Netflix specials to keep up to date with like whose specials coming out and what they're doing and stuff. I mean, Dave Chappelle's been my, uh, you know, one of my all time favorites. You know, he's he's another he's another one of the the he's you know they say he's the greatest of all time. That's what they say, uh, <laughs> and I feel like he is. He's so good. Um, and then you know Mitch Hedberg too. That guy, he's. He's dead now, but gosh, when he was when he was alive, he was so funny. <laughs> I, yeah, very quotable. Yeah, very so, quotable. So, Lance, I always find it interesting. Um, believe it or not, you you said your t- your natural personality is to be a little timid, and of course, nobody's more quiet, shy, or timid than my son Chris, who <laughs> who is talking about writing for comedy. So. What is it about this um, personality where you have a comedian that is just like almost, I, I can't, I need to be by myself, but gets out and probably does one of the hardest jobs ever to make people laugh in a room. I mean, <laughs> I always just find that interesting. Yeah, it's insanity, but we do it for sure. I, I think there's something about being able to just be yourself and tell people the things that you think are funny that, you know, I think it's like, there's something, I I don't know if it's always been this way, but I feel like more now it's like, go up there and do your thing. Like we all shapes and sizes. It doesn't matter if you're like confident and strong and powerful on stage. Like you can be small and timid, but I don't know what it is about. It's weird because I feel like I've gotten more introverted as I've gotten older where like, I don't, it's, it's weird. It's like, I'm, I'm more hiding now than I used to be. Like used to be like out on the stage, but now I'm just like cre- creeping up all quiet and waving. <laughs> wow. So w- when we were talking with Deese and Philip, um, they both said that um, for comedians, it takes about 10 years to really get to the point where you're kind of discovering your own voice on stage. Are you finding that to be true? Because you're getting fairly yeah. close to that. I think I'm, I think I, I think I'm th- like pretty close to there. Yeah, I think because I started like when I was eighteen, nineteen, and I'm thirty-two now. So like, but I, I don't know that I pursued it super, super hard consistently for those years. But, but yeah, definitely, it seems like the ten-year mark is when you. I feel like, like I remember, Dan, I think Dan Cummins had even told me it takes like seven to ten years, and I remember around the seven year, I was starting to notice like, oh, I kind of want to be more myself, be more on my own voice rather than like have this persona of someone who I think that I should be. It's so much easier. That w- it was a pivotal moment. I realized like, oh, I'm not being myself on stage because I'm scared that if they don't like these jokes, that means they don't like me. But if I have this persona on stage, I can walk off stage after bombing and be like, well, they just didn't like that dude on stage. That's not me, you know? <laughs> so it was more, I think it's being more vulnerable, you know? Well, is, speaking of bombing, so um, do you recall um, any particular experience where you just bombed really bad? And I mean, what, what goes through your head? Does your head kind of start spinning? Do you kind of lose track of things or panic? Or is it just like, well, I'm just bombing. I'm just going to finish and walk off. I mean, Mike, that's every set for me. So <laughs> you get used to it. You get calloused. Uh, <laughs> uh, at this point, I... At first, I would panic, I would sweat, I would be nervous, I'd then not know what to say, and then you're, like, standing on front, you know, with nothing to say. Um, but now, I have 
bumps so much that um, it's comfortable. You just realize, oh, these, these they're just not liking it. So I can just throw for as much time as I have left up here to see if any of this stuff will get you. But so so then it was like it becomes like a negotiation at that point whereas before it was like kind of fearful i don't know how to react to this it's like okay well you don't like that let's negotiate and see what kind of things you do like well as you were talking about that it reminds me of uh watching the old johnny carson uh monologues when sometimes the biggest laughs he got or when it was clear that he was just bombing (laughs) terribly because he didn't get uncomfortable with it you know right and a lot of times oh go ahead you go Oh, I was just going to say that's one thing that I've been blessed with being able to learn is from not writing jokes well is that I can then <laughs> save it by something else afterward. Yeah, like calling out, well, that didn't go well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you find that you're able to kind of improvise a lot more on the stage the more that you do that? And don't they call that, I mean, do you do crowd work and stuff like that where you just kind of improvise pretty much the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I definitely improv has helped my stand up an immense amount. It gives me the confidence to just trust that I can navigate through this weird time portal of comedy we're in. Um, but uh, but I'm, uh, yeah, so I, I don't do a ton of crowd work. I mean, I don't do the any birthdays in the crowd right, or right, right. A couple. You guys married? <laughs> I I did though. <laughs> For a long stint, I would have my set list of jokes, but before my set list, I would write, and I picked it up from another comic um, that just said, keep going. So I would go on stage and I would riff about the room or whatever as long as I possibly could, and then I would get into my set. So, I mean, it's super fun. It's more, I've, I often run, so disrespectful as a comedian to, to run the light, but I often will run the light because I get carried away having a good time riffing um, and then, then wanting to do the jokes that I came prepared to do too. You're listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. We got the blues done. Surely ain't got to make the Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, the blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. You're invited to cruise Americana Avenue with me, Jim Tate, in your car or at the office, each Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m. You'll hear the best in progressive American roots music in a multitude of styles. It's Americana Avenue on your radio station, KYRS. 
Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you. Just $3 a month helps keep KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting Give KYRS to 44321. That's all one word Give KYRS to 44321. How about hecklers? Uh, any, any like classic heckles that you've had to face and you maybe come up with a great comeback? Yes, I don't know if I came up with a good one. Uh, but I do specifically remember this time I had just started doing comedy. I was doing it with Adam Lee. He took me out to this benefit in Idaho. It was an all-ages benefit. It turns out I think it was for children, and they, they wanted comedy there, which makes absolute sense. So we went there, and they said to be clean, and I thought that was great. And I went up there and wasn't clean because I was nervous and a nervousness I would curse, just say, you know, stuff. And uh, I remember this guy walking up to the front of the stage. It was in the middle of the day, sun. I don't even know if there was a microphone. And he just started yelling, there's effing kids here. You think it's funny? You think it's funny to cuss in front of these kids? Just berating me like it, like I was one of his own children. And uh, I was I was like, man, you're, you're cursing right now in front of all of us as well. Uh, so there have been many, but that's been probably the one that I will never forget, being yelled at by, by a dad. Do you have a go-to comeback for those guys? Uh, I, you know, that's funny. I don't. I don't have... I used to keep in my pocket, as like, not literally, it would have gotten washed in the washer so many times, <laughs> but I used to have like a few that up my sleeve that I would have, but now I just try to remain present. Honestly, if I'm just present and in the moment, I'll be able to get through it and even then you'll, you'll probably even find the better stuff that way so have you had in some of your venues down there in LA uh, you know somebody of the caliber like a Dave Chappelle or somebody walk in uh, and just say oh I mean that kind of intimidated you a little bit <laughs> oh yeah I mean well you see him for sure you want to do well in front of him that's what happens you're like okay well I'm not gonna mess up now so now I'm gonna do all the the hits uh, but yeah, I mean, I've seen Dave's, Dave, will, he pops into the comedy store all the time whenever he's there. I went and watched the roast battle. They do Comedy Central roast battle and Dave was right over there. And it was it was pretty crazy to, to see how much muscle he has in real life. Um, and uh, yeah, so that stuff does make you want to do better being surrounded by high caliber people because you want to be associated yourself as a ego, but associated as a being able to hold your ground as as with these other higher ups, so to speak. <laughs> you have anybody, uh, what's the best advice you've gotten from some of your mentors down there in, in L.A.? Comedians. Um, uh, you know, some of the best advice I, I constantly remind myself is just to trust the process of, of it. You know, I mean, just uh, be diligent and work hard. And, and when it's rough, just know that it can't stay that way. <laughs> at all but even you know breaking it down to, to real stuff it can't stay the same way so it will change it will either get better or get worse but then when it gets worse it's like it could change to be better so it just that's one thing i've learned through painting so much is that i'll be halfway through a painting i'll be like oh i'm messing this thing up it's done it's ruined and then i will end up pulling it through in the end and it'll be a reminder to be like oh this is with everything you just it's not going to be super good the whole time i don't think i mean you know just trust it no matter what it is well, and I do want to come back to that painting, but one question I have for you is you mentioned Dave Chappelle a couple of times, and he's dabbled in movies, and none of them have been 
super remarkable. Huge hits. <laughs> right, right. They weren't box office crushers. <laughs> right, but I think I think obviously a, a lot of guys in your position would say, I want to do it all. I want to still be able to do improv, comedy, uh, acting, writing, directing, all that stuff. But if you could, what's the, what's the part? What's the thing you enjoy the most? I mean, you mentioned painting too. What is mm-hmm. what what really fills your bucket? Uh, to be completely honest, I I, I ultimately I just want to act. Um, I love acting. Um, I since moving here, I've found even more how much I love it and how much it, it feels like a part of me. So uh, definitely acting to 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 make it you know comfortable uh, economically as well. But yeah. and then painting in my downtime. Painting is kind of more of like a meditative space that I can go to. Where acting is more of me being able to to put the shy guy aside for a second and be confident in, in my abilities, you know. And when did you start painting? Was it after you got down there? No, you know, I've been painting, uh, my, I've been drawing my whole life. I remember it's kind of the way I was able to make friends in school is I was drawing Flame Boy and Wet Willy for everybody. Um, <laughs> so I've been drawing and then I got into painting I, I, uh, in, in high school with Lisa Brown at University High School. And that was kind of where I was able to like explore it a lot more and then, uh, and then I would take that. I would then I would just be painting at home in my basement when I'd be mad, throwing a temper tantrum. Uh, and then I took some classes at the at the falls, and uh, and then just been painting ever since. But I didn't do it when I first moved down here because I was so career focused for the first few years. But having since had more time, it's been it's been good to like really re re explore it. Yeah, I've seen some of your later paintings, you know, re- that you've posted on Facebook. And um, I mean, you're, you've evolved quite a bit, actually, as a, you know, acrylic painter, I think, in terms of, you know, just the, the level, I guess, of painting. Um, are, are you really putting in some serious time on that? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I've been because before it's I used to, I wasn't pushing myself as a, as a painter. I was good at making things that looked fun to the eyes, but they were very basic in technique or, or details. So I wanted to better myself as a painter within the last, like these past couple of years, it's been me trying to be better as a painter and I wasn't applying myself like I should. Um, so now I'm, I'm spending like many hours I think the last couple I mean I've done a couple commissions that I haven't spent like a hundred hours on but I've spent like you know a month or two working on a piece or I feel like I'm a slow painter but (laughs) I've been spending a lot more time and exploring how much detail I can put into something which has been pretty fun yeah so painting and um, acting and then doing comedy do you I mean Everybody has a common process. I mean, there's a lot of overlap with all artists in terms of the process, but is there a common thread in your process that carries through all three of those disciplines? Um, in what way? Sorry, I want to make sure that I'm understanding. Well, in terms of getting better, mm-hmm. um, being vulnerable, um, mm-hmm. um, yes, re- refining absolutely. the craft as it is per se. What mm-hmm. what you have as a standard, you're at you're you're at this level, and you want to be at a higher level, regardless of the the art, whether it's the comedy mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, what do you go through to progress in each of those um, idioms? Just 
practicing. I just want to. I just want to be the best that I'm physically capable of being for my own self. I don't want to be like the next Picasso, you know. But I want to know that I'm not doing anything without putting my full effort into it. Uh, there have definitely been times where I've spent too much time not putting all of myself into it, and uh, the the payoff is not not the same. So it's just wanting to explore, honestly, all of those and and learn to be completely vulnerable, like you had mentioned, completely vulnerable in all of those scenarios and confident and and just be know that I'm putting my best foot forward. Well, and even as Mike asked that question, one of the things I, I mean, I find that there are kind of I don't want to say that it's binary, but um, some people are real planners beforehand and they know where they're going to go before they start. Mm-hmm. And some people are very much into serendipity and saying, I want to discover what it's going to be while I'm creating it. Um, I, I mean, and kind of back to Mike's question, which which one of those do you tend to be? Um, I, I'm finding that I'm quite a perfectionist. Um, so I've been much more of a planner, um, especially as of late, I've been more calculated and, but there's also, I do leave room for the, the, you know, oh, we'll see what also comes because halfway through some, something I'll be like, actually, I don't know now. I just did the first half. Uh, and then, then I'll really navigate through from there. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely much more, I'm realizing how much better it is and how much easier the process can be from planning. Um, I should have been doing that years ago. <laughs> Do you have a website where people can see your paintings? Uh, yeah, if you go to lancepollen.com, you can Pe- kind of see everything on there. Oh, okay. Do you have links to your uh, commercials and things like that too? Yeah, so on the homepage, lancepollen.com has all, has all my faves on the, on the homepage. <laughs> and then there's going to be artworks. And then I have my shop where you can, I got prints and stuff going too. And, and you can buy the originals as well. And uh, which, it, oh, you go, Mike. I was just going to say, so how, how are you, are you able to make a living now doing creative art? Through this government aid? Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, this, the, this past year has been, um, the past year has been quite, Quite nice. I, I was I'm, I was working at a restaurant like two days a week, three days on a, on a, on a busy week, um, and then was able to live comfortably. It was more so just the restaurant was paying my fun money. Turns out I have quite a spending habit, and um, so yeah, this is it's been progressively getting better and better. Where acting is my main source of income. And then now it's progressing into painting now is also another another source of income that I have coming in. But, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen because I don't have a job anymore, Mike. So I'm unemployed. Yeah. Well, but you mentioned that you have a fiance, right? I do. Is your fiance an artist as well? She she's a writer and actress. I mean, she dabbled in the comedy world as too. I'm, I'm learning a lot about how how writers are which has been real great since the quarantine. Well, how um, is that? I mean, learning about how writers are. What are you finding out about that? I'm finding out that I, there's like, there's, because I could see how a madness could start because you, you'll write and then you'll be like, this is great. And you'll go back and then you'll be like, oh, this isn't good. I got to take all this down. And then you're like, then you're starting a different way. And like, it's, it's, it's so interesting to see because I, I don't know that realm so well. It's it's so it's it's 
it's not fun to watch, that's for sure, you know, I mean, because I love her, but it's, it's, uh, it's super interesting to see. It's just a whole different element that I, I wasn't, wasn't really aware of. It sounds much more solitary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For and you sure. get inside of your own head when you do stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Now, have you been back to Spokane since you've moved down there? Have you come back and seen the comedy club that we have down here? Have you dabbled in any of what's been new since you left? I have dabbled. I was back there, um, I think it was around December. I, I was trying to come back every year, every two years. Um, and yeah, Deese has been super generous every time that I've, I've, I've hit, hit him up to, to let me know what shows are going on. Casey Strain's always trying to throw me on his shows that he's doing, which is super nice. And um, So yeah, I've, I've performed a couple few times and stuff. I did a benefit for uh, my buddy Justin. Um, a few years ago up there and uh and and i have i've been to the comedy club i did the open mic on a wednesday uh one one week when i was in town um but i haven't performed there you know the, the it's the joke thing you gotta have them you don't get booked if you don't have them <laughs> yeah oh man so i for people that do commercials i mean we have a friend well and eric's even uh done commercials in the past but the commercials you said are showing nationally now. I think one was one commercial played at the Super Bowl. I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, I had one with Nick. Yeah, the Nick Offerman sing along one he did was yeah. for a quick stint. So, um, do those uh, royalties come in every time that commercials played, or you just get a set amount and then that's it? So the whole commercial world shifted as soon as I moved. Basically, like. I want to say 2011, 2012, everything shifted from from all these union jobs where they're paying the royalties every time it's running to non-union jobs, which is uh, they just give the actors a, a, you know, a buyout and then they get to run it as much as they want. Um, so there's been a huge shift in the commercial market that way. So now a lot of most all the commercials now uh, are all non-union and you're unless it's with like those really huge companies like Apple um, and AT&T, uh, you'll get the royalties and residuals from those. But but everything else is basically non-union. So, uh, you know, they're they're being super cheap, cheap. Uh, I mean, it's still great money, obviously. It's show business, but it's <laughs> it's super on the it's just it's interesting to see i got in at the wrong time basically is what i'm saying i should have been in like four years before the shift and i would have been good yeah <laughs> so um who negotiates you know how much you charge for that i mean i would just think as a young a young artist coming in or a young actor they wouldn't mm -hmm. know what to do so is that what you have an agent for is they do the negotiations and all of that yeah, the agents will do all the negotiations, which is super great. Um, now I have, uh, I, I kind of have like a set rate that I'll, my, my minimum or whatever, um, just so I'm kind of threading out the the people who aren't, you know, the, the quality of commercial, like the less they're going to pay you is probably not going to be the, the best commercial, you know. So I've, uh, I have now kind of a, a negotiated rate that I'll start at mm -hmm. um, and then go from there, you know, and just hope it just gets bigger and bigger each time, you know. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the things that you enjoy, at least as far as, well, I mean, in the way you make money with the commercials and also doing the improv for fun has kind of shut down during COVID. Now, you've been doing the painting, I'm sure, much more mm -hmm. often because of that. Have you been doing anything else that you're just kind of waiting for the shutdown to end that you're going to unleash afterwards? Uh, you know, I haven't. I've just taken, I've never had this opportunity to paint for seven hours a day 
every day, you know, so I've just been, I, I know the industry will start up when it starts up and then things will get busy again, hopefully. And uh, I've just kind of liked taking the moment to just only paint and only think about, oh, let me take this time to grow as a painter. Um, so I've just been kind of taking advantage of that. Yeah. I, and have you, uh, you said you've done some commission work and then you also have like prints and stuff you've been selling and everything like that. Has that been encouraging to see that people are uh, going, wow, I kind of like this art and I like actually pay for it and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's been super encouraging. It's been, uh, it makes me feel super like warm inside. It's super cool because it's not something that I really ever really saw happening because I've only ever kind of painted for myself and for me keeping it good upstairs, you know, so uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive and it makes me want to be like, well, gosh, if you guys like that stuff, well, maybe I'll see how other, you know, create more stuff. Yeah. What was the biggest surprise in the nine years since you've been down there? I mean, you probably had a vision of what it would be like when you got down there. And now that you've looked back for nine years, and I don't mean surprise necessarily in a good or a bad way, but what, what was, what, what kind of surprised you after you moved? Um... I think when you move here, you're on your guard and you're defensive um, and you want to, at least for me I was, and uh, it, it keeps you closed off to people and things. And uh, I think my biggest surprise is how many, I mean, they're all over the world, obviously, but how many incredibly beautiful, talented people all live here. Um, it's pretty cool to be surrounded by millions of uh, people who want to express their creativity and their love for it. It's, uh, it's been super cool to be involved in all the communities and like growing with the communities in a little bit too. You know, it's, um, I think I, at first when I moved here, I thought everyone was a jerk and everyone was rude and uh, probably because I was a jerk and I was being rude, you know, because I've felt, didn't feel like I could be vulnerable, you know, cause gosh, who would want to do that? Um, so it's, yeah, it's, there's a lot of amazing people down here. Yeah. Um, do you do go to a lot of art shows and things like that to kind of, uh, look at art that might inspire you? I, your style is, I'm looking at that shoe behind you, and I know yeah, you, 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 you started kind of painting a little lot of shoes in, in a I did. very uh, fun way, I guess, as to, as to describe that. But your new art is very uh, symmetrical and detailed, yet it can be very fun and everything. That's, that seems to be the route you're going. Yeah, the, the, I've really been fascinated with like kind of psychedelic art and, and all that stuff that is trippy and the bright colors. And I, uh, over the years, I, I, got, a, I got a keen sense of, of love for colors. I don't know if I use keen right, but I wanted to use it in the conversation. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Been studying for uh, the SAT? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, GED. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so did I, did that make sense? I just, um, did I answer your question, Mike? Well, yeah, it looked like you were going somewhere out of that, but. Well, I think oh, that. Yeah, I, no, I'm, go ahead, you go. 
You. No, you first. Well, <laughs> well, I think what he was asking is where are you getting your inspiration? Because he was talking about going out to other art shows and things mm -hmm. like that. So if you've gone from kind of taking the shoes and, and being a little bit representational and then going to psychedelic art, where are you? Are you getting their inspiration from other artists there? Uh, I'm getting my inspiration from other artists. Sure, that I'm that I'm I'm following on like social platforms. There's a, a I have a, a few friends that have a little uh, art collective down here. Um, that that also keeps me kind of in in the ropes with everybody. Um, but I've also been exploring just kind of internally more of the things that I can create inside my mind. Um, I've kind of I got heavy into like meditation and yoga mm -hmm. and and going internal um, as time goes on down here. So I've been doing a lot of that, a lot of exploration of my mind and, and the what? infinite space that exists <laughs> in that. The inf infinite space, right? Infinite. But, but being in the present moment, uh, especially going through a time, you know, like we're going through now, mm -hmm. um, do you find it's helped your creativity since you've started doing more of that as a discipline? Um, Yes, it has for sure. It has because there's obviously this world we live in. Um, it's obviously different for each of us because it's perceived through each person differently. But I, there's so much more inside that is like vast, and you know, it's there's much more inside my mind than there is out here. If if that makes sense. Do you have um, it's just piggybacking on that? So you're 31, 32, around yeah. there. Um, where do you want to see yourself at 40? Or do you look that far ahead? Or do you stay in I the present moment? I should. I should. Um, <laughs> I tried. Try, I hope that by 40 I can afford a pool. I really want a pool. In my, I, I'd like to be a homeowner. Uh, and I would like to not have my 1999 Subaru legacy that I've had since I've been in high school. Um, I want to be, I would like to then, I would like to be, uh, I would like to be doing the same thing I'm doing now on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would, I really would like to be in a gallery. I would like to, uh, be having my own show on television, uh, and, being, you know, working on myself still, you know, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to be not an, not an asshole at 40. <laughs> <laughs> now it's funny because in the old days, people would want to be in movies and mm -hmm. you mentioned television instead of movies. What do you think makes television more enticing to you? Um, for me, it's just more stability because you're, you're shooting a season and you're getting paid for each week and then uh, you hope for season two and then it's just more, uh, it's more consistent financially. Um, I do want to do movies though because I, I really do want to explore characters and I would love to really dive into something like that. Uh, it also hasn't been um, proposed, uh, which is why I haven't, but um, Hollywood will call. I know they will. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's just yeah. Television just seems a little bit like there's more longevity and it's more lucrative and and stuff. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, do you have mm -hmm. a favorite show that you like to watch now, or or shows that are on that kind of a comedy skit bit that yeah. you're learning from, or kind of looking? I think I'm 
I want to write a your, your own pilot or your own series. For uh, sure. Yeah. What, I mean, what are you I watching these Portland- days? Portland, uh, Portlandia is like such a good one. You know, it's quick. They got quick sketches. They're all doing it their their own selves. So that's super inspiring to see. And also, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a male female team, which is what, what me and my gal got. Um, so I love that show. I also I love Shit's Creek. Have you guys been watching that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I love it so much. The Canadians, they got such a great sense of humor. I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to be Cana- Canadian. I, I, I get, th- not because of my humor is good, but because they're so, I get their humor. It just is like my favorite. Uh, so that, and then, you know, uh, I watched some Bre- Breaking Bad too, but that's not comedy related at all. That's just drugs. <laughs> Now, did you watch the El Camino, the the um, the the one that they released after the fact? I never got around to that. Did you? I didn't. The one with with Aaron. Were they both in that one? No, I think it was just Aaron Paul. Just Aaron Paul. No, I didn't see that one. I didn't I either. Didn't. It's funny. It just kind of fell flat for some reason. For I know. It's like you keep. I mean, Aaron Paul's incredible, but uh, you you got to have Brian Cranston in there. Yeah. That dude was just insane in that show. Yeah. So good. I'm like that is a. He's got some good stuff up here. Yeah, for sure. Lance, have you uh, been hopping on your skateboard lately? Mike, the answer is yes. <laughs> I've been skateboarding more now than ever, I feel like. I've been, oh, really? I, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I have a couple skateboard buddies I've met, um, but most of the time I'm just by myself skateboarding, which honestly sucks because it makes me miss the days of having the squad, Mike and Chris and Zach and all those guys, you know. Um, but yeah, there's, I, I'm like pointing like you guys can see it, but there's a high school that's like a few blocks from my apartment and uh, it's like a skateboard mecca. So a lot of the pros often go there like around sunset. So yeah, so, and there's also Costco. Yeah, there's skate parks all over too, but you know, parking lots are much better. Um, <laughs> I've been skating a lot. I've been skating a lot. I've been trying to like get better at that too, Yeah. but I keep hurting myself. <laughs> that happens when you get older. It's funny it that you, you, I mean, a couple of times, and in no way do I want to make light of what's going on in the world, but it sounds like there's been, you've been able to find a lot of silver linings um, in the shutdown. You say you've been able to paint for seven hours a day, even getting back into skateboarding. So it sounds mm-hmm. like, correct me if I'm wrong, that you've been able to make a lot of meaning and a lot of value out of what's going on. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's been... um it's been pretty wild the whole um experience of everything uh like because i I go we got in we had just uh you know we got engaged my fiance and i like february um and then uh the next day my dog collapsed on the floor and then her, her heart disease kicked up so then it was like three weeks of vet visits and chaos of like not knowing if my dog's gonna die you know which was like i was the first dog that i've had as like a adult uh, so it was like crushing me. And then, um, my girlfriend's, my fiance's, uh, m- mom passed away in a crazy car accident. Uh, and that was two days before, like two days before the lockdown. So it's been, uh, crazy because it's been, a, it's been time to heal and stuff, but also the lockdown has shown me like what things are important. And, um, it's just definitely sh- shifted my perspective and it made me stop because for so many years it's just been go 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 what can i do i need to be out i need to go here i need to do this 
Uh, and this is the first time that everything has not allowed me to do any of it. And I've just had to sit in it. And it's been super transformative and kind of put my priorities in a, a different place. Well, I found that in a similar way, too. And tell me if you think that this, this hypothesis works for you. I think a lot of times when I, when I feel like I need to be busy, I, it's that FOMO. It's the fear of missing out. So you just think, well, that's going on. I don't want to miss that. I mean, that might be a good opportunity. I might miss that. And when it's not out there, it really does allow you to say, I, I can just be with myself. For sure. 100%. That's, that's kind of been... I was just saying, God, it's been so nice not having to worry about auditions or any of that. <laughs> it's been so nice not having to worry about how that, that callback went. Uh, because they're not going on and it's like, and, and you don't have to worry about, well, how did they get the show? Mm-hmm. I went out for that show. And it's <laughs> like, well, nobody's doing anything right now. All we're doing is just sitting. So yeah, it totally has been, it's, yeah, it's made, it, it's, well, I just am green. I'm a green, yes. Yeah, and I, I just want to make sure that I can somehow retain some of that equanimity after the fact when I can say, that's something that I actually didn't need to worry about before, and once it comes back around, now I don't need to worry about it now. So, I, I mean, I just hope, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm just, I think I'm feeling like you in that I want to make sure that whatever good I'm taking out of this uh, survives when we come out of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to keep the, uh, the, there's a sense of stillness, you know, um, with all of it. And uh, yeah, because it's so easy, especially, I mean, in any place, but especially in like a city like Los Angeles, where it's hustle, hustle, hustle. uh, It's so easy to just get those horse blinders on and just keep going. Um, But yeah, it's been super incredible to to like have that experience of nothingness where it's like, you know, this is it, this is nothing going on. This, you know, it's been nice. Yeah. And are you going to uh, get married down in LA or are you coming up to Spokane? I imagine down in LA probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Down in California here. I'm not sure when or where, um, but yeah, California for sure. Yeah. So I ran into your mom uh, fair, fairly I'm recently. I'm so sorry. How was it? I'm just joking. Just joking. Yeah. So, and I'm sure uh, as we share this, uh, when it's made into a podcast and we share this on Facebook and, and your mom's, uh, my wife's uh, a friend on Facebook, so she's going to listen to that. Uh, anything you want to say to better. her? Yeah. I love you, mom. I love you. Um, I'll send you that car insurance money next month. <laughs> Now, is she still uh, paying uh, your cell phone a bill? No, and that was a rumor. I feel like she's just spreading stuff. <laughs> I've been paying for my cell phone since I got a job at Barney's Supermarket. Like, when I was 15 and a half, I've been paying for my cell phone. I don't know where she jumped on the cell phone thing. She, the car insurance, sure, we, especially in the times of need, she's helping me out. But my goodness, you know, I've been, I've been floating her the transfers. They take a few days, but they get there. You touched a nerve, Mike. You really touched I, yeah, a nerve. You did. My, I'm getting tense in my neck now, and I just... <laughs> I spent all morning stretching. All yeah. the stillness is gone now. It's gone Look now, what you Mike. did. Yeah. Put yeah, so, on the wound. So Lance, it's been uh, 11, 12 years since you left Spokane. I remember you when you left. We, we miss seeing you up here, but um, what have you discovered? I miss you guys. Yeah, what have you discovered about yourself now that you would have never thought when you were 18, just coming out of high school, and kind of the Lance that we would have known then? Um, 
I, uh, I'm much more sensitive and soft than I probably thought I was when I was 18. I, um, and also because I think it was different because I don't think you really, at that age or that time you, it was cool to be sensitive or soft, you know? Um, so I, I discovered a lot of love, um, since I've been gone, uh, a whole bunch of love and it's been pretty incredible. Um, by the way, Mike, I think of you guys all the time and I, I miss you guys so much. It's, uh, you guys have, have definitely made quite the impact on my life for sure. All the times you guys toting <laughs> us around and skating in that mini ramp in the backyard, yeah. yelling and screaming and getting hurt. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then feeding us. So I, I know we're kind of running short on time, but Lance, maybe one more time where can everybody find your artwork, your commercials and all of that again? Uh, you can go to lancepollen.com. And uh, I'm also on Instagram, and that's at Lance Pollen. And, uh, you know, some other dirty sites. <laughs> no dirty sites. No dirty sites. Yeah. And that's P-A-U-L-L-I-N. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and meeting you, and I had a great time. Thank you guys for having me. It was great to meet you. Last, and, and Mike, great to see you. Yeah, great seeing you, and, and good luck to you. Um, good luck. Grad- congratulations on your uh, soon-to-be marriage, and uh, hopefully you. you can make a visit up here in Spokane and look us up. I will for sure. All right. Thank you. Thank you.